Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. And we are back for another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. And we mentioned at the end of the last podcast that we were going to see signs, immediate signs of this recruiting staff being better than the one before it. Now, there's some carryover, but even with the guys that carry over, feeling like they were going to be even more effective, especially when you're talking about a guy like Sean Nua, and that came true. And then we mentioned that the new guys were going to hit the ground running bringing guys to the fold, and that's happened as well with Mo Linguist. Joining me to recap and to look ahead as far as Michigan recruiting is concerned, over from the MichiganInsider.com, Steve Loren. Steve, how are you? Good, good. Hope you guys are well. Absolutely. And, of course, Bryce Marriage. Bryce, how are you, my man? Doing pretty good. It kind of sucks you guys can't see my face this time, but, you know, it's all right. <laughs> well, listen, man, uh, it's it's interesting how quickly things change, even for us. You know, you see Michigan's recruiting approach, their aggressiveness, the amount of connections that they've brought to the table. All of those things have seen a significant uptick. And the impact on us is, man, there's a lot to cover. There's a lot to talk about. And things move a lot quicker. Case in point. These two kids, these two most recent guys, committed to Michigan, right? So when we got off the last show, they had just capped off the 2021 recruiting class. And it was like, wow, three defensive tackles in a week, right? And so Thursday, I get a, a text message from, uh, you know, from Cody Jones's dad. And he says, it's going down tomorrow. I'm like, what? <laughs> I just talked to Mr. Jones a couple weeks ago, and he made it clear that Michigan – his son was serious about Michigan, but he was like, hey, you know, we got to find out more. We got to see how things are going. He really liked linguists, but, you know, didn't seem like it was close to being over. And then, boom, that hit, as did uh, the safety prospect, the four-star safety prospect, a top 247 guy in Taylor Groves. And, Steve, uh, you know, if this is a sign of things to come, which we all think it is, then, man, this recruiting staff is going to be a monster on the recruiting trail. Yeah, I mean, these are guys that we probably never would have talked about if the new staff, like just even as like offers or targets, uh, if the previous staff was still on board. You know what I mean? And, and not only that, but I think the best sign is just this ability to connect and close with kids. Because here's the thing I think you guys know. I mean, these guys had LSU, Auburn. These aren't like, you know, what we like some guys that they've just say guys they've taken in the past this early in the process. I mean, these are like national recruits. So we know Michigan's going to have to keep recruiting these guys. You know I mean? Especially that they haven't visited yet that type of deal, but that to me, that's irrelevant in the big picture. As far as like, this means that this staff is capable of getting guys, right? That's what would be exciting for Michigan fans to see what happens when they actually do get guys to campus. Cause the one thing is they've always been really good when they do get guys up. Now it kind of, it's starting to look more like they maybe had that other piece of the puzzle figured out and having coaches that are not only aggressive, but know how to build connections with kids and their families. I mean, you just saw linguist McDonald involved Hilo, like pretty much the three, you know, newer, more unknown defensive hires that they brought in. 
uh, all kind of combined to close on on two national level recruits out of an area of the country that really, you know, Michigan hasn't necessarily not. It's not a place they've tried that hard, right? We're not going to say they've like swung and missed a bunch, but just not an area we're used to seeing Michigan kind of real guys out of. So, um, yeah, I'm just like, okay, all right, here's two commitments. You know, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty funny how fast that happened. Yeah, you look at. I had talked to, um, I had talked to Cody Jones's people. I had not talked to Taylor Groves's people. Was that you, Bryce? Did you talk to Taylor Groves uh, leading yeah. up to? Yeah, talked to Taylor Groves leading up to his commitment, a safety prospect. To Steve's point. That had offers from all over. The, I mean, all the schools in the South that offered Taylor Groves. He brings size at six two and some change, hundred eighty pounds. Some think he could be a really good receiver at the college level if he wanted to bring some versatility, definitely some size and some ranginess to the secondary for Michigan. Like you said, good size, good length. He can move, and you watch his highlights. First few highlights, he's playing wideout and Boston guys. So obviously, he's got great ball skills. Michigan likes him at safety. Um, they think he's rangy, a guy that can just cover a lot of field really fast. And, I mean, like Steve said, for them to go down into Tennessee and get two kids where I think maybe previously, you know, you might have offered and nothing would have come of it. And just a couple weeks later, now their commits just shows and speaks to the level of the recruiting prowess of this new staff. And so, I mean, right now Michigan – I think, it, interestingly enough, they're taking advantage of a state that's kind of in shambles in terms of Tennessee. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt left. And so now they he got, got fired. Two, the top he didn't six. leave. He got fired. He got fired. <laughs> my 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 bad on that. But they got two of the you know, top six players in the state. They got Junior Colson, who was one of the best last year. And now they're working on several others. So I think, you know, when you see a state kind of – and shambles sort of and where you know you can go in there and maybe take some of the top talent let's see if you can do it and so far this new staff has shown even if they don't have all the connections there and they might have some but not as much as maybe you know texas or florida or even michigan they still can go in that state and land top targets so that's really encouraging to say the least yeah no doubt and it, it, you start to get this snowball effect i, I know in talking to to Cody Jones's dad about it. he said you know Michigan's really present down here in the Memphis area and obviously you see him up there through through Nashville now to your point you gotten three players committed in the last three cycles it starts to turn heads and so when those two Tennessee guys committed Steve I remember you dropped right in the slack and you were like look at Miles Pollard and and, and he has kind of like the eyeballs on it right which is is more significant because I think part of what he sees, and I talked to his trainer about this. He said, I mean, it's a couple of Tennessee guys. And it's like, oh, you know, I'm not the only, I mean, Junior went there. Here's another couple of Tennessee guys. He obviously knows he's a priority for Michigan right now. And absolutely, Miles Pollard, because people keep, I even, after we talked about this on the podcast last week, where we said, look, the kid's offer list, his ranking hasn't caught up with his offer list yet. I am 24-7 through and through. But, the, you know, the rankings are fluid, right? It's a process. It takes Sometimes it takes time for the rankings to catch up. 24-7 is the absolute best, but it's not this instantaneous thing, right, Steve? I mean, it's going to take some time for it to all catch up. My point in reiterating this topic, re- reiterating this talking point, is Miles Pollard is an absolute priority. They have his attention even more after picking up these two commitments. And, Steve, that's just... One of many guys that the Wolverines 
are chasing in a state that, to Bryce's point, is very vulnerable at this point in time. Keaton Wade, Michigan just made the top nine today for him. He's going to be moved up when you do the top targets thing, which it's coming out eventually. Um, he's going to be moved up. Already have Walter Nolan up there, five-star prospect, probably the best defensive tackle in the country, maybe the best player in the country. I mean, he's definitely, definitely in the conversation. Um, and then, yeah, Pollard is the other guy where, you know, thank goodness the new staff. Because as a guy, I know, I know Newkirk was the one that got the ball rolling when he saw him live. I think we had briefly discussed him uh, when talking about Colson. And behind this off the record, behind the scenes, kind of like, why the hell is the staff not offering this guy? <laughs> like, not just because he's Colson's teammate, but he's really good too, you know. And and you know, Ravenwood, like I think we talked about last week, is an academic. Pro- like, there was like no reason for them not to offer him, but for some reason they they didn't, you know. And uh, so good good move on on the new staff part to come in right away and say, hey, we let you know you're our guy. We like you because, yeah, the, now you have multiple connections in that race specifically and in other races in Tennessee specifically as well. I know uh, I believe, Bryce, from your piece, Taylor Groves and Keaton Wade work out together, I believe. Right. The Wade, the Wade brothers, there's some connection there. Um, and then I know we'll get into the Walter Nolan stuff here in a little bit. So, you know, it's not just, you know, the, the, the potential is there right now. And it's not just because they're putting effort in Tennessee. There are little things in each of these races that kind of give Michigan uh, a little bit more of an in than maybe you'd expect them to have with some top targets out of that area of the country. Yeah. You work those connections. So you work in the junior Colson connection with, with miles Pollard, which is, which is a real one. He said, I mean, that's, that's my guy. He's one of my good friends and how he's feeling about it up there is a big deal. And then you mentioned Walter Nolan. And so Walter Nolan is a guy that Michigan, they offered last spring. So it's, it's not, this is maybe a perfect example of what we've been talking about. I mean, I think his recruitment, as much as any, illustrates the difference in approach. So in the past, Walter Nolan is a guy that you drop an offer on. He's a five-star. He's one of the most heavily recruited players in, out, of a re- out of your region. So, you know, odds are you drop an offer on him, you're probably not going to get the, oh, my God, they just offered me. I mean, this kid is a Southern kid, and all the Southern schools are on him. It probably is, okay, great, I got an offer from Michigan. I'm going to keep focusing on what I'm doing. That's the kind of thing in the past that I think would have been a discouraging reaction as far as their ongoing pursuit on defense, on the defensive side. It would have been discouraging to their ongoing pursuit to the point where, yeah, they got in, but the stamina to stay in in the face of – you know, no affirmation. No, yeah, I love Michigan. It's just, hey, man, this kid has 50 offers. You know, he's not reacting. And he's from the South. He's not reacting like a kid from the Midwest who got an offer from Michigan might react. And so in the past, you would see them drop that offer, pull off. In this instance, though, while they had dropped the offer in the spring and things had died down considerably, the new staff comes in and boom, they hit the they hit the ground running with trying to get the uh, the contact up. Fortunately, they had a connection through Ron Bellamy uh, to the coach, got through to the coach. They get through to Walter and his family. And then what do you know? Now you get that affirmation. You know, after getting in there a little deeper, the kid is a big 49. The family, they're big 49ers fans. The coach, big 49er fan. And guess what? Now that they have a commitment from, from Cody Jones, Cody Jones 
is his peewee league teammate. So you have and and mom's grandmother is from Detroit. So you got all of these things that at least give you a puncher's chance in the equation and not just for some guy. Like I'll, I'll play right now uh, just a, a brief excerpt from what his coach had to say about this kid's talent. He had been on Walter since he was in middle school. And the things that he was hearing about Walter in middle school made him believe that this might be the best guy to ever come through there as a prep once he got to high school. So here's his coach breaking down exactly what the word was on Walter, even back as a middle school. Let's jump right in. And, and, you know, you start off giving me the the scouting report, the coach's sort of view of Walter as a player, man. For people who haven't seen him play before, break down this game for me. Give me a scouting report. Uh, man, he's, uh, super, super explosive. Uh, got a crazy, crazy first step. Um, and for a guy his size, you don't really expect that. Uh, so that right there, I catch you by surprise. It's the first thing you notice, uh, when you're watching this tape, when you're watching him in person, whatever it may be, uh, is how physically long he is, how big he is. But then also, man, his first step is crazy. Uh, one of the things that, that I think, set him apart or maybe might be the major thing that set him apart from, from other cats that's in that same position, uh, is his motor. Uh, the kid is, uh, the kid only knows one speed. He's going to go hard a thousand percent, uh, of the time. Heck, uh, you have to probably have to stop him from himself, uh, most of the time. Uh, but got a crazy motor and, uh, and that's coming from a guy that played it, played the position. Uh, and so that's, that's the thing that sets him apart. Uh, is the fact that he's a uh, super, super, super long, big cat, uh, got small ankles, but big old legs. So he's explosive, uh, long arms and crazy strong. But then also his first step is crazy. Uh, and then his motor, his motor, the, the way he approached the game uh, is, is what sets him apart. You know, with a kid like him, you know, people right. people been hearing about him for years before he showed up on a high school scene, been a, been a big time and became a big time player. When did you first start? Hearing about Walter and who he was and how good he was gonna be. Um, man, I uh, I started uh I started actually recruiting Walter when he was in the uh in the seventh grade, uh, and I think I was uh I was in the same position. I was a defense coordinator uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, at, at a private school, uh, and uh, had got word that uh it was this this uh this kid I need to go check out uh the, and, and some from some very credible sources, people that know ball. Uh, told me he might be the best they've ever seen. So for me, it was it was hard to believe. So I'm like, all right, whatever, I'm gonna go check him out. Right. And then immediately when I when I went and saw the kid play, uh, I knew that he was probably one of the best seven grades I had ever seen. Uh, just how smart he was. Uh, and you know, at, at that age, you're pretty much just running up the field trying to go make a play. Uh, this cat was sticking his foot in the ground and getting side to side, uh, understanding angles and all that kind of good stuff, and then everything. And then the other thing was the thing that jumped off the most was that was a play, man. He ended up grabbing the quarterback and uh, and slammed him, right? Uh, and I'm sitting in the, in the home team section, uh, and he's playing for the visiting team, and literally all the parents, like, got up and was complaining and saying, we should not be playing against this kid. So uh, when I saw that, it was like, all right, I got to figure out how to get this cat uh, on my squad. So you heard it there with Coach Walls. He said he could see it. Initially, he was a little skeptical. Like, why wouldn't you be skeptical when someone tells you a middle schooler is going to be the best player to ever come out of Tennessee? It's like, okay, let me go see. Then you go see, and he's like, man, if I get a chance to coach this kid, 
he's going to be special. Now, it was a circuitous route. He was you know, on his way to IMG for a minute. Pandemic broke out. Mom said, no, not going to leave my baby down in Florida. Let me go get him. Brought him back. And now Coach Walls uh, is coaching him in high school. And that gives Michigan, that's giving them a real end in this equation because he has a connection to, you know, to Ron Bellamy. And so now the key will be another, you know, as Harbaugh's in there, Ron's in there, but Sean Nua Bryce is going to be the guy, just like he was with Rayshon Benny, just like he was with George Rooks, just like he was with Ike. You know, the the bond that he ultimately forms with with Walter Nolan, I think, is going to going to tell the tale. The important note right now is they have all these connections that have gotten their foot in the door. And this is an example of them having the stamina to stay in a recruitment like that. With recruiting, one of the first things I learned is it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So the coaches know that. They know what they have working for them. And going forward, they're going to use every advantage they have, you know, in terms of recruitment like this. I mean, I think when I looked them up, the comparison 24-7 sports has them as is Ed Oliver. And I think that's a great comparison, you know, the, the way he moves. And the thing about defense alignment, especially freshmen coming in, they just don't play. They're just not physically there. They're just not – it's a lot of terminology. It's just a lot to take in. But he's one kid, Sam, you just plug and play. I mean, he can instantly make an impact. He's that good. And like you said, off that clip of his coach just talking, you can tell this kid's the real deal and he's legit. So knowing, you know, he's landed several you know, guys pretty quickly, but this is a whole nother level. This is a whole nother task. This is a whole nother type of challenge. And let's see what happens. Yeah, this is the kind of guy that I think Nua, this is just the impression I get just from watching their recruitment and, and watching the way he moves and talking to people that know Sean. This is the kind of prospect that maybe he wanted to recruit in the past and did a little, but couldn't stay on. I mean, it's an out-of-region, southern, uh, so out-of-region in the south, not even in the west, his home, his home stopping grounds, five-star kid. That's one that in the past, from a defensive perspective, they would have pulled out pretty quickly. It's one that I think they're going to stay on now, and there's every reason to because he's given them he's given them reason to have hope. I mean, if you if you read those stories that we put up on him already, you got reason to believe that Michigan is going to make that cut to uh, to 10. It's top 10, which is coming out on Friday. Uh, you know, dad sort of said kind of coyly. I would I wouldn't be shocked if Michigan <laughs> if Michigan make that cut. Right. So every reason to be to, to think that Michigan is going to be in that mix. And that's not the only guy in the South that the Wolverines are, are really, really chasing along the defensive line. A guy that right now. You got to feel like the the odds are better with because, you know, they've been on him longer. The response has been much clearer as far as his interest for a longer period of time. A guy that you went to see in person, Bryce, and you just caught up with his dad, uh, Justice Finkley. Yeah, six, two and a half. I want to say 260. He's from Hewittville, uh, Trustville, uh, down in Alabama. And he's a kid that he might not be the biggest, but he's like as strong as a bull. This guy can bull rush. And he honestly, I think with this 3-4 defense, he fits in perfect. So, you know, obviously with the new coaches, they have hit him up. They actually talked with him over the weekend. They had a big Zoom call, which featured Harbaugh, McDonald, Noah, Aishon Larkins, who Aishon Larkins is now part of the recruiting staff at Michigan. And as like his father said, uh, Finkley's father said, the glue, the cog, you know, he's the guy that's been holding it all together. And so he's formed 
a really genuine bond with the family and with, you know, justice. And he thinks, you know, this is the type of kid that let's say justice did decide to go up to Michigan. This is, he'd feel comfortable with in terms of leaving him there, knowing he's with Ashan, knowing he's with Nua and knowing he's with Harbaugh, but you know, they don't know McDonald. So this zoom call is a very important experience for them to kind of get to know him, kind of see kind of where he fits in the defense. And that was one of the main talking points with the zoom call. McDonald said, listen, you know, justice fits perfectly in the defense. And actually, he kind of reminds me of Matt Judon, who played, you know, when I coached with the Ravens, a guy that can stand up, rush the passer, have his hand in the ground, kind of take on double teams, do quite a bit. And so it's ironic he used that comparison because Matt Judon, which Sam, you pointed out, played at West Bloomfield Mm -hmm. uh, a couple years ago or several Uh, years ago. Yeah, a long time ago now. (laughs) A couple years ago. Yeah, several years ago. So, you know, I think this is a recruitment. When you look at it, you're like, oh, man, a kid from Alabama that Alabama wants, not a a chance. But both his parents are educators. Economics are extremely important in this recruitment. And I think he's been up to campus. He's seen a football game in person. He really likes the coaching staff. I think he fits better in this defense. And on top of that, his uncle happens to be a huge Michigan fan as well. I got I got to point that out as well. So huge Michigan fan. Huge. Yeah, that talk huge. about connection, that really helps out. But yeah, I remember Judon. I mean, that was before that was even before Ron was the head coach there. I think Ron was might Ron might have been an assistant when Matt Judon came out, but I loved Matt Judon coming out of high school. Loved him. Uh but, you know, he, he was one of those kids that, you know, the a lot of the or all the bigger schools were scared off cuz he had some work to do in the classroom. Even Eastern and I remember that was at, at the time Wheatley was at Eastern uh, and tried to get Judon to Eastern and couldn't get him to Eastern. And so he winds up falling in Grand Valley's lap uh, and, you know, gets gets things on track in the classroom. And the guy is an animal. He's a monster. And I think it's a great comparison because similar size wise, about 6'2", 6'3", to, to Justice and, you know, a guy who can put his hand in the dirt, play the physical game, but also come off the edge and get heat on the quarterback. I mean, this is a a scheme that's tailor made for a guy like Justice Finkley. If he just pops in the the film, you know, of the Ravens and watch Matt Judon, I think he would he would look at it and say, "That's me." Now, and that's not to say that he's gonna pick Michigan, but the scheme is definitely a scheme fit for sure. So we'll see how it goes. But this is again, people see it all right, and I admit, Steve, I admit, Bryce and I had this discussion. I we may have talked about this before. So I'm I'm gonna you know side with the fans on when I first we were first talking about justice and justice had reached out to you Bryce and said hey are you gonna come see me play and yeah. I was like I, was yeah, like, I remember that yeah. I don't know going to Alabama to see a, to see a twenty a twenty two are we really gonna go to Bama to see a twenty two and then I just said you know what this kid said basically saying come check me out. If that's not telling you how interested he is in Michigan, I don't know what will. That's not Bryce saying, hey, I'm going to come see. That's the kid reaching out to Bryce saying, come check me out. And so that was, uh, I think, a real sign. And then he's a high-level academic kid, too. So these are these are things that really add huge, up. Huge. Huge. I want to point fans. that out as well. He wants to be a neurosurgeon. I mean, so, you know, obviously there's some guys on the team that are pre-med as well. You know, Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, Vistardis, obviously Donovan People Jones. So this is another talking point. Another thing that Michigan's pointed out to him, saying, "Listen, this is you know we can send you to the NFL, but we can also get you a degree that's going to go on for the rest of your life." And 
be huge value as well. So that's really appealing. Again, both parents are educators and that's something that they're all really taking into heavy consideration. So I think Michigan, again, sits in better spot than most people think for a kid out of Alabama, which most won't even ever think of recruiting. Right. It's a, it's a new day as far as the recruiting staff uh, is concerned. Aggression, persistence, uh, you know, I think the response, the responses that we're seeing the guys show, I think they're responding to the new staff and they are kind of feeling like it's a new day as far as Michigan is Michigan recruiting is concerned. I know there needs to be more proof in the pudding, but I think what we've said to this point is really bearing out on the recruiting trail. They are just much more effective, uh, much more aggressive, much more effective, whether it's relationships or, as Steve said, closing things out. We shall see how things go. Let's take a pause here. We'll call this halftime. We'll come back on the other side. We'll get into some more prospects, talk some portal as well here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back with the Michigan Recruiting Insider. And so defensive line, to wrap that conversation up, we talked about Justice Finkley and Walter Nolan, a couple of guys that we know our prime, prime targets. There's some others out there, Bryce, that we were either, you know, we were on our way to see uh, and we were disrupted due to COVID or I know you were going to go see Caden Curry and Wolfong went down there and I know Ohio State's been really strong with Caden Curry, but that's another guy Michigan's on. The guy I was going to go see was uh, Anthony Lucas, who's a big-time lineman, defensive lineman down there in Arizona. Uh, And the game that I was going to go see them play got called due to COVID. But there are some other big-time targets the Wolverines are in play for. You mentioned Anthony Lucas. Let's start off with him from Scottsdale, Arizona. He's about 6'5", 280. A guy, again, you can plug inside and play right away. He's physical at the point of attack. He can take on double teams. He's a space eater. But he's not one of those guys that are, you know, he can't move. He's just, you know, a brick. He can actually move. And so he's an intriguing guy. Nua has actually had contact with him throughout the pandemic. Uh, and the kid, surprisingly, before the whole everything happened with the pandemic, he visited back in March, got that offer before the whole shutdown and everything happened. So he's seen campus. And for a kid that's all the way from Arizona, that's kind of, you know, critical for any recruitment for a kid that far away. Another can you mention Caden Curry, a little closer. He's from Greenwood, Indiana, 6'5", 250. And like you said, Sam, he's like Walter Nolan. He's got the who's who after him, you, Ohio State. Alabama you I mean you name them everyone wants him so Michigan's working on him and I want to point out one more kid that's not as highly um, ranked is Hayden Schwartz he's from Bulls uh, school down to Jacksonville Florida 6'4 want to say 260 but you watch the film you plug him in and he's the type of kid that Steve really raved about uh, raved on like worthy where you just watch him you're like I think he's better than whatever his ranked. And I don't know. I don't even know if he is ranked for us at the moment. So he's the type of kid I know that Michigan's really high on. They've had a zoom call with him. 
uh, George Hilo, who's got ties. He's from the, you know, Jacksonville, Florida. He kind of initiated that contact. News picked it up. The whole staff is going in on him. And he's a kid that's slowly but surely adding more offers. And he's a kid to obviously watch. He's he's just got a great motor, Chase Winovich motor, where he can just beat off, come off the edge, beat the tackles. But at the same time, he can go inside and really, you know, take up space as well. So he's the type of kid that they like as well. There's several other names, but right now, I would say they're at they're at a good point. I mean, if you look at where they were a couple weeks back to now in terms of the defensive line in that room, it's nine day. It's impressive. And one other point, Alex Van Summeren is now 300 pounds. So I know a lot of fans are going to be really happy to hear they have a 300 pounder committed. So there's also that. Well, that will no longer be the exception. I think that's going to be the rule moving forward. But again, as we talk about themes, things that we see are different. I'm not ready to say that their recruiting approach, Steve has, has changed, uh, has changed to the point of, Hey, area recruiting them position. Uh, but I, I like I like how they are using connections in areas to this point. I don't not ready to say that it's their, you know, they've switched their recruiting philosophy as far as that's concerned. Cause we've gotten that question. And the, my answer right now is, I don't know. I don't know that they've met and said, Hey, well, we're going to shift and go area and then position as far as recruiting the chronology of how they recruit. But whether it's uh, in the case of Hayden Schwartz, or, you know, Hilo in Jacksonville. Uh, you got examples in, in Tennessee. I mean, I don't think Ron Bellamy is coaching a defensive line, right? You know, this is the connection uh, down there. You looking linguist in Texas. I mean, being able to take advantage of these guys' connections, and it's not just about the position they're recruiting, I think is a is a big deal. It'll be interesting to see if they adopt that more formally moving forward, but this this at least informal uh, approach right now, doing it that way, I think is reaping some dividends. A couple other guys I think they're gonna at least going to try with. We don't know if they'll get anywhere or not, but they they do like Ena White, the five-star out of Pennsylvania. Uh, Derek Moore, the St. Francis Academy kid. Mm-hmm. You know, those kids are always mysteries. I, I feel like they're almost told not to talk to media. I didn't see one comment on the record from Derek Moore in his entire recruitment. We've had him as a top 100 for about 18 months now. Um, he's another one. And then the kid out of St. Louis, Marquise, great Graciel or Graciel. So Michigan missed his top eight. That's another one, though. I think they're at least, again, I think they're at least going to try. So the board is bigger than it normally is, which is always nice. And again, it's chock full of top 100, top 150 types, not who's this guy (laughs) or guy that I have to make a profile for because he didn't even have a profile before Michigan offered him a scholarship. Steve the Red's on fire today. Well, it's just, you know, it's, it, it, like I said, if you're a fan, it's refreshing, uh, especially because, I mean, again, just be real. We see it every year. The same four or five teams at the top of the uh, standings are the same four or five teams that are usually at the top of the recruiting rankings. I mean, it's just there's such a correlation there uh, where it's OK to take a chance on some guys. But when you're, you know, taking an entire position group of guys that are maybe chances or de- development type guys, I think it can really put you in a bind and uh Again, we got to see how they do maybe with their second wave of evals, right? I mean, it's not as if they're going to sweep all these guys and get all of them. Right. Uh, but, again, goes back to the same thing we've been talking about. More aggressive, a wider board, and we've seen proof of their effectiveness so far. So got to think that 
you know, a couple of these guys that they really like, you know, at the top of their D line board that they're, they're going to at least be in the top few for at the end of the day, uh, maybe get one or two of them. Yeah, man. And, and leveraging from a defensive perspective, Mike McDonald was just, you know, with the Baltimore Ravens like yesterday, so to speak, I'm coaching a, a team that was in the playoffs, you know, with, with an all pro in the case of justice Finkley, I was just coaching an all pro that, Looks just like you, probably looks just like you did at the same stage of development. I think that that has some some real weight. Of course, time will tell whether they're actually able to haul those guys in. But the same approach can apply to as they're talking to corners. I mean, you got a great, you know, some great corner play with the Baltimore Ravens, and you look at some of the corners that Michigan is recruiting. So very, very consistent. Do you see the common thread with Miles Pollard, who we talked about already? Will Johnson, right here in the state of Michigan, five-star. Jane Gould. I mean, he's – Bryce, these are all guys like are, that are like 6'2", 170-plus. These are all long corners, which are very, very similar to what he just came from with the Ravens. Yeah, and they're all about the same size as me. So, <laughs> uh, I'm joking. I'm not that tall. I wish I was. <sighs> Um, no, I mean, Michigan right now in terms of cornerback recruiting is, I think it's starting to get selective. You know, I won't say that maybe not that far, but I mean, they're sitting in such a great shape with so many, one of them, you named Jane and Gould from New Jersey, uh, Burgeon Catholic, uh, same school as Jordan Morant who came from there. And so interesting enough about him, six to one ninety. He actually on his Instagram and I got a bunch of questions and said, what, you know, what's going on with this kid and what's going on with this kid. He had posted a picture of Channing Stribling and Jabril Peppers high-fiving. And in that post on Instagram, he tagged Will Johnson, the five-star cornerback right here from Gross Point South. And so that got a lot of people thinking like, is this a new package deal? Is this the new Domani? You know, what's going on with this? So I actually talked with both kids and, Jaden was straight with me. He said, listen, me and Will, we've been talking, you know, we, we know if we both come here, we can bring championships. We can bring instant success. This is the type of players Michigan needs in terms of on the field and then in this new defense. And so we joked even before we got on the podcast, but he's not committed. I think we all have a crystal ball in, but he seems the most committed kid I've ever talked to. That's not committed ever in my lifetime. So I feel really good about him. I'm starting to feel way better about Will. Will's starting to form a bond with Jaden. But as you can see, just because a kid commits to a score, he's feeling, you know, he's connected with another kid, doesn't always mean he's going to go It there. does not. It does not. They, or, or else Damani Jackson wouldn't be committed to USC right now, right? But, uh, you know, I think, as I said last week, and I did, in, you know, up my confidence level with Will Johnson, I think Michigan is is very much trending up with him right now. Uh, you know, Ohio State, by no means have they won it. It'd be over if they had won it, right? But I, I think that things are, are swinging back to Michigan's side. I think he's paying very close attention to who they're getting on the recruiting trail. And I think with every, you know, commitment, with every sort of head-turning moment in Michigan, recruit, Michigan recruiting, I think is significant with Will because he pays attention. When I say he pays attention, like when I, I said this on one of the podcasts and I was covering like the coaching, the assistant coaching search, he was reading every one of those articles, every single one, wanting to know who is Michigan looking at, who are they going to get, what's this coach, where did he come from? So uh, 
look, like you said, a, a kid who's not committed, but is very interested in the direction that they're going. And, you know, it, it has to, it was appealing when Mike McDonald comes in, he was just with the Ravens. You know, you think about the, the way, the aggression they play with on the corner. Uh, you know, obviously they, they vary their coverages on the back end. They're not a strict man-to-man team, but you got to love how how the, the corners and their corner play the correlation that they hope would be present with who they have on the corner here. I mean, Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey are, are big timers. They're pros. But I'm talking about just physical characteristics. Six-foot-plus corners is what Michigan is tracking and chasing right now after Cody. Now, they got – you know, they got Cody Jones in the, in the fold, and Cody's, what, maybe maybe 5'11 or so. But I think the rest of the corners on the board are all longer guys, and we'll see how they go. But this, this kind of gets into another discussion here, fellas, one that I know you guys, I know you get it a ton, Steve. You're on the board a lot. How many questions have you gotten about the portal? And my response to people, and I'm curious what you think of this, is I continue to say, look, stop looking at the portal like, you got to have your portal answer right now. The portal is a process. It, it's one that, sure, it maybe starts at the end of a season, but it doesn't end until the end of the spring. So you got to look at portal pursuits, it, you know, as opposed to looking at it as, hey, you get it filled by signing day. Look at it as you figure it out by, you know, maybe the start of, you know, summer conditioning. That's when you'll know where things stand fully as far as the portal is concerned. Yeah, I mean, I was doing the chat today, and I think about six or seven questions about the portal alone. And yeah, it is. It's there's going to be a whole other wave of guys that enter, right? Like, you know, you see a few names pop up early, and you're like, oh man, you know, maybe some names that Michigan fans are familiar of, maybe guys that they recruited when they were like in high school. And if they don't get them, it's like, oh, they're not going in the portal, you know, they're not pushing or anything like that. When I my thought is, and Zach and I talked a little bit about this last week. You're seeing so many coaching changes, so many coordinator changes across the country that I think what what you might see happen, and I think Michigan not immune to this at all, we were talking about this, is new defenses, new offenses. You're going to see talented players who may not be a fit for whatever scheme new coach is trying to instill, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning patience is a virtue in a situation like this. Unless you have a guy where you're like, you know, a Mike Dana, you know, or, or a Jake, the guys that Michigan has taken as transfers or a Shea Patterson, unless there's somebody out there like that, that's a no doubter, a guy, you know, is a fit and can help you on the field. I don't think there's a huge rush, uh, particularly, yeah, especially talk about we were, you know, defensive tackle was so big. I think with a three, four, what we're thinking is a three, four, not nearly what it may have been a need three or four weeks ago before these changes took place. Defensive back, maybe the spot, but either way, I think, yeah, the March, April rush, or even maybe a little bit later uh, after these guys go through some spring ball, coaches sit down, get their depth charts and stuff figured out. That's when you'll see more and more names enter. And I think maybe more feasible names, uh, you know, for Michigan and for probably a lot of other programs around the country. You know, I saw Penn state really hit it hard early and you wonder how that'll pay off. You know, if like maybe a couple of the guys they took, I thought were really good, but you just, you wonder like, you know, is that the right approach or is it, or is waiting the right approach? Cause I feel like waiting, is definitely the right approach with as many guys as you're going to see uh, enter. It's easier to enter now than it's ever been. So, um, you know, that's my thought on it. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. I think that the 
you know, there are aspects to the portal that you need to be mindful of. So you guys might remember, let's let's rewind this, you know, our podcast schedule months. Let's go back to in season when I was talking about Lance Dixon at that point, right? Because already I was hearing rumblings that Lance Dixon was going to go in the portal. So you got to know that, you know, if I know that, that schools know that. I mean, your, your portal pursuits, they, you know, while they don't include contacting young men directly, they do involve sort of hearing, hey, so-and-so might be going to the portal. You know, it, it, it various positions. This is every school, and this is one of the reasons why I think you're going to have another staff member, maybe, you know, part of the recruiting staff whose job it is, is, is you know, the portal. You know, monitoring who's in the portal, keeping track of, you know, word, of, you know, hearing so-and-so might go in, you know, really doing some vetting of that, not by contacting kids directly, but, you, you know, high school coaches and, and trainers, and you can do that. You can vet who might be going into the portal. Then you also got to be mindful of who from your own team. Because as I was trying to explain on the board last week, look, you you can't just go portal shot. It's not like you got this, you know, this big wallet. Uh, that's the wrong analogy to be used with it, recruiting. But I was just thinking about going on a shopping spree and you got as much money to spend. You just, you're rich. You can spend as much money as you want. It does not work like that. You do have scholarship limits that you have to be mindful of when you are going portal shopping. So, it's not like they just got, you know, 20 spots and whoever they want from the portal, they could just take. You know, if there's someone in the portal they like now. I get a lot of questions about Muhammad Diallo from Central Michigan, right? And I think I think they're still looking at Muhammad Diallo. I think Muhammad Diallo is still looking at Michigan. As a matter of fact, one of the interesting things about him is I hear he's not he's not uh enrolled this sounds like he's not gonna be going uh to school this semester, which he could still go to another school. That's not a problem. That's one of the things I heard. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how things play out with him. But you have an opportunity to wait to see how things play out. Some of the players are doing the same thing. You know, whether it's Diallo, I hear Lance Dixon is in no hurry to make a decision. He's sort of waiting to see how different things play out at different places, including Michigan. So patience is a virtue. Your numbers sort of sort out, and you can see how many spots you have to deal with. And you also see who else is going to be in the portal. Because I, you got to believe, just like we were hearing, Lance Dixon's going to go in the portal. You got to believe that schools are across the country have an idea, including Michigan, have an idea that, hey, there might be some more guys going in the portal. And even the guys we aren't hearing about uh, at this point, by the time we get into you know March, April, there are going to be some guys in there that might fill our needs a little bit more a little bit, you know, more completely than the guys who might be in the portal right now, Bryce. Yeah, I mean, if you're a guy who's, let's say, a junior, senior, you know, spring ball comes around and the depth chart comes out in your third or fourth, you're not going to wait. You're not going to want to sit around and be like, oh, man, drats. Guess I ain't going to play this year. No, you're going to hit the portal. You're going to see your options, and you go from there. And so, like Steve said, you just got to be patient with this. I feel like people want – Michigan to be like the weekend running through the halls of lights and looking for random guys just to pick up and fill needs. But Michigan's not going to do that. They got, they want to fit in the locker room, a guy that's going to fit in the locker room with all the guys, but also guys that are not just going to sit around. They're going to be instant playmakers. And so I think one of the needs is you're going to f- look for them to uh, take a mammoth kind of nose tackle to fit this 3-4 defense, a guy that can really 
just, you know, push the, you know, the offense line back, something you saw the Buccaneers do with Mahomes and how that affected him. I think so they're going to want one of those in terms of just a nose tackle and obviously corners. I think cornerback mm. is another area, but you can't make any moves until you find out what your actual roster is going to do. Cause let's say no one leaves. Do you have the room to even make those type of moves? So there's a lot of moving parts before you can just jump on a guy and take him. And like Steve said, with Penn state, who knows how that's going to turn out? You know, they took all these guys early and that's great. But what if you find out there's going to be several other guys that maybe they liked even more later on. So it's a guessing game at this point, but yeah, like you said, Sam, they're not idiots. They know which (laughs) players are going to be entering, you know, which are not. So that they're doing their homework and they're doing, you know, they're looking, doing the research and finding out the top guys they want as well. Yeah. Just like people are looking at, I said this before, look, man, there were absolutely, absolutely. There was vetting of Michigan's guys. I know this for a fact, not with Michigan's guys directly, but we know enough high school coaches and trainers to know that schools are asking about guys and that's legal. That's legal. There's nothing that says schools can't do that. They can absolutely do that, and they should be doing that. I mean, I think it's a dereliction of duty if you're not, which is, again, I don't know how long it's going to be, guys. It might be a year. It might be two. We're going to see a proliferation, I think, across college football of, hey, you got, I got to go get a portal guy. You know, like, you know how they have, like, capologists in the NFL? You're going to have, like, portalologists, whatever you want to call it. There's going to be some term that they come up with to, to have the portal specialist that comes in and, and really, you know, gives gives the coach. You know what? Here's a better analogy. You know how coaches on the sideline, they have that two-point card? They can just look at it and see, should I go for two in this situation? They're going to have, like, a portal card. They're going to know how many scholarships they have, who might be leaving, who else might be coming. They're just be like, look at that sheet. And then their portal guy is going to have that sheet constantly updated on, like, a daily basis for the coach to look at. That day is coming. It's not here yet, but it'll be here soon. But, guys, things are are, are really ramping up. Uh, you know, I know one of the guys we focused on recently, if you missed it on the board, Josh Burnham. Things really heating up there. Uh, you did a, a piece on Jaden Mangum, and I kind of wanted to talk about this just a little bit. I know we're running out of time, guys. Jaden Mangum is an interesting guy to me, Bryce, because as you look at Michigan and how they're pursuing some more length at the receiver position, Definitely see them courting some some bigger guys, whether it's Tayshawn Trent. Uh, you look at the you know the kid out west, Darius Clemens, uh, is another long rangy receiver. They're looking at some longer guys out there. Jaden Mangum would certainly fit that mix. But here's one thing that I'm interested in: is will Michigan look at him as a DB as well? Because you know watching Jaden Mangum work out. I think, and I know I was talking to Alan True about this as well, I think that guy could be a really, really good defensive back also. So, you know, people keep saying, how many, can they take all these different receivers? Well, no, but if some of them maybe, you know, were versatile enough to play another position, well, then that opens up some possibilities there. He does fit the mode of Will Johnson. He's 6'3", about 185. Most schools like him at wideout, mm-hmm. but that's an intriguing take where he could play defensive back and where, like Steve has pointed out, he could just simply be a program take, mm-hmm. one of those athletes, you know? So um, he's the guy that 
uh, Ron Bellamy hit up one of the first guys he hit up and said, listen, you're a priority here at Michigan. We really like you. And he told me when I talked to him recently that just his hiring loan, that's a game changer in terms of his recruitment. He's got a, over 30 offers. He just narrowed it down to 15. But I want to say Michigan's probably closer in that five range right now. So we're going to see where it goes. But you talk about just, again, those relationships and how much they can pay off instantly. This is just one recruitment of that showing it right away. Yeah, I like ball player. You know, that's what I call a ball player take. You know, a dude who is just an athlete, just a football player. And, you know, my, of, of course, they it, it depends on whether they're open to playing other positions. But, you know, like Josh Burnham, when we talked about him last week, I said, man, that's the dude that whatever he wants to play. Like, dude, come on. <laughs> whatever you want, we'll figure it out. You you're good. Get him. Yeah, you're, you you're good get enough him. that you, you come on in the door and we'll figure out where you play. I feel like that about Jaden Mangum, too. I think he's just a ball player. You know it's in the genes. You know, it's football, re- athletes running his family. So, I mean, if you had any questions, you know, just look at from Winst- from where he came. And you're like, okay, this dude, he's bound to be – he's bound to be a player. And if he can – if he has the versatility to maybe play both sides, then that adds even more to, like you said, your program take because it could open you up if – you know, there was another receiver, and you wanted to go deeper into that into that bag. Would he play defensive back? If maybe if you took another defensive back, you know, you want to go deeper in that bag, he could play receiver. It, he would just give you some versatility. Of course, that is dependent upon whether or not he was open to doing that. And I don't know. This is just something, you know, from from watching him. I know he works out with Rising Stars over with Reggie Wins, and uh, you know, Reggie's worked him out at defensive back, and he just, you know, he looks good. In that regard, too, just another ball player from here in the state of Michigan, uh, Steve, and makes it even more interesting and exciting to cover. I, I do like the. I, I don't think you can ever take a, enough of those types of guys, though, right? Uh, particularly in-state prospects. But I I agree with with Mangum as well. Uh, quietly, kind of like how Rayshon was last cycle. You don't realize he has thirty plus offers, as Bryce just said. You don't just get thirty plus offers, you know. <laughs> right. But I don't feel like he's a guy that we've talked a lot about, you know, necessarily until Bryce just posted on him a few days ago. You know, a name that we really haven't discussed a ton. Uh, but yeah, the more versatility you can bring, particularly, you know, guys that were are willing to play defense because everyone wants to play offense. Everyone who's got the chance, it feels like they lean towards offense. You got a couple in-state guys with Tatum, possibly Mangum, who actually may lean the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys aren't as easy to find. I feel like. You know, so that that there's some value in that as well. Great job as always, fellas, uh, folks. Uh, keep up with us over on the MichiganInsider.com. If you are not a member, great deal going on right now where you can get your first month for just one dollar. Be up to speed. I mean, it's like the podcast, but all the time <laughs> over on the site, right? So you want to be up on the speed all the time. What's going on with Michigan recruiting, team news, football and basketball? Great community over on the message board. Sign up over at themichiganinsider.com. Take advantage of that great deal while you can. As far as podcasts, of course, every single week, you know where you can find us. If you have not rated or reviewed this podcast, please do. If you've already done those things, just spread the word. Tell all your friends about the Michigan Recruiting Insider. They can find it wherever they get their podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify especially. Just search Michigan Insider Podcast. Up they will come. Select the latest edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Thanks for listening. Back next week on the Michigan Recruiting Insider.